Hello and welcome to the Counterpressing Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me I have Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you feeling? A couple days after, with time to process, process everything and kind of rewatch the game and, um, you know, really just take in what what at all happened from a, both a tactical perspective, you know, and just from, you know, an, an emotional and all kind of, you know, just, to, you know, from in its entirety, um, definitely feeling a lot better than I did now, actually after the game. Obviously, there's a sense of disappointment, but at this point now, um, you know, I said there's definitely things to look forward to and things that we're going to have to talk about tonight. Yeah, I, I agree. Upon rewatch, it definitely seemed like we weren't quite as out of control as we were, uh, or as it seemed, you know, as it's happening live and we're all freaking out because they score so many goals to open up the match. Um, but, and we'll definitely get into it here. Uh, I did want to start off though. Did you see the, it, the interview with Jose Mourinho just a few weeks ago about principles and tactics? Yeah, I mean, I I caught caught um, you know uh, the gist of it and kind of just a quick explanation, but um, you know you might want to go over it for the rest of the listeners. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, I think I retweeted a few a few weeks ago. I can I'll go back through tonight and find it and then retweet it again so you guys can listen to it if you want. But essentially, you have principles which are your it's the way you always play. So for LAFC, we always want to have possession. We're going to counter press. We're going to try to score to score quick goals off of the counter press. So you know, like win the ball high up the pitch, and then use that as the launch point for our attacks. And one of the things that helps us do that is to have our fullbacks high in possession and help you know alleviate the pressure in the midfield. Um, and then tactics are the things that you change from game to game to make sure you're you're principles work against every team you play and I think because LAFC has been so dominant in MLS this season they haven't really had to change anything tactically all that much and this is a game that I feel like really called for it especially at the beginning where we're facing a new type of threat where you have this two-headed monster of Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Christian Pavon um, who are both very dynamic and very gifted attackers and it's too much to ask of our center backs to play by themselves, marking uh, Zlatan, and to also have Christian Pavon on the wing running free. So for me, tactically, there probably should have been a shift with our fullbacks who have taken a lot of heat on the internet. I mean, again, it's the internet, so that always happens. But for me, they probably should have been tucked back a little deeper and probably not so narrow in the midfield. Um keeping the game more in front of them, and then even using Atuesta and Kay to to double-team those two when necessary, especially when we're defending. Um, that's the gist of the interview and how it applies here. Uh, is that Does that make sense, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, right, yeah, there's there's there are those specific things that we know that, you know, you always hear Bob talk about, right, playing good football, you know, um, playing with possession, playing with intent, right? And I think they got away from it, right? And I think that that's where now whatever tactics they set in didn't match the principle, right? You usually need one to, you know, one should uplift the other, right? Like you were saying, right? Like your your tactic should be like, what I think you said is they, is how you're going to implement your principles from game to game or right. from moment to moment, Right. In in this particular in this part you know in that kind of quick what fifteen to seventeen minute fray of games and e- I mean of of the part of the game and where you see where you see some of these things start to break down um, and issues start to occur is where those two things don't gist right so you know one thing they talk about is like having possession and then get you know and then playing with an with an attacking intent right but it you can't play with an attacking intent if you don't have possession and that's where those two again the principle and the mm-hmm. tactic didn't make sense. You can't lose possession in the midfield trying to play, you know, trying to play, you know, passes through that won't get there and then also have your fullbacks pressed up high um at the same time because when you lose it now you're you're getting caught, you know, you're getting caught out of numbers, right? You know, and and that's where you see that first goal occur where, you know, uh, a bad giveaway now leads to, you know, Pavone running between um 
Atuesta and Blessing, and then playing Zlatan through yeah. on goal, right? The, the, again, the principle and the tactic don't match, right? When the principle and tactic match is when you see LFC knock the ball around, play good possession football, you know, the ball rotates, you see Beta hit the cross to Rossi, who then sends a, a header back on frame where, you know, where Latif can finish it, right? That That's where the tactic meets, you know, the the principle in terms of what the, you know, what they're trying to do. And like, you know, we're saying in the beginning of the game, you know, you just didn't see those two things mesh, right? They, they're, the principles are supposed to be there, right? And then when you have the tactics of pushing the fullbacks higher, some of these different things occur, you know, again, or whatever they were doing, those two things didn't match. And again, it led right. to a lot of the problems um, that you saw early in the game. I, I like that you already brought up the, the goal from Latif Blessing and Beta being out there on the wing, providing the cross, because I think that's the appropriate tactic here is to keep the fullbacks, if they if they are going forward, they need to be, they need to be wide because what the galaxy are doing tactically is they have a very narrow midfield. So they're playing, you know, some variation of a four, four, two, or sometimes a four, four, one, one. It's probably safest just to call it a four, five, one where they have five midfielders and Zlatan up, up top waiting for service. Um, and both their back line and their midfield are playing very narrow because that's where we like to play through. Um, so when you add Stephen Betashore and Jordan Harvey to the middle, it doesn't do anything because it just clogs it further. So for me, it's keeping those guys wide and forcing their midfield to spread out a little bit so you can play between them. Um, and like you said, on the first goal, it comes directly from a, a you know a forced pass from Mark Anthony K. I'll get I have numbers on each of those forced passes in the first twenty minutes from the, our midfield, but uh, K plays a ball. And at the time he plays it, Beta Shore is actually in front of him. Um, and I mean, right from the jump, Beta is basically playing in the midfield circle, um, which to me, again, demonstrates that a bit of a lack of respect for Christian Pavone and what he's probably going to do, which is get free on the wing. Uh, so K plays in the ball, Beta's caught up field and has to start recovering. There's a quick one-two around uh, from Skelvik, that is, who picks up the ball. And uh, he and Pavone combined to get around Beta Shore. Blessing and Atuesta put in these half challenges, which probably should have been a foul. Uh, that's a moment that you just want to foul Pavone to make sure that he doesn't go anywhere. And then, like you said, slots the ball in for Ibrahimovic, who does what he does. Left-footed, first-time shot, and it's a beauty. Right past Tyler Miller for the first goal. And so 90 seconds in, we're thinking, oh, man, here it goes. But for me, going back and rewatching, it's like, okay, well, this is us getting caught with Beta in the wrong position, and that's a tactical thing. So for me, on second watch, it's kind of like, okay, so that's something we can change in the future that we don't have to worry about conceding such an early goal or a goal in that same fashion. Um, and then on on the second goal, that or the first goal that we score, the, the blessing goal, uh, you see... Um, I think Vela picks up a ball. It's a bit of a forced pass from Atuesta, but Vela does well to clean it up and comes back and recycles possession again. And he's combining now with Beta on the wing, which is drawing more defenders out. So you have more free runners in the box. Uh, eventually, Beta drives to the line, plays in the cross for, for Rosie, who puts a shot on target and is deflected by Bingham. And then we have a back post. Uh, we have Latif Blessing on the back post is able to head it in. So. And that's only, you know, a, 10 minutes after the first goal from Galaxy. Um, so it was a good response for me. Did you see anything else on that goal? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, so on the, on both of them, right, you, I think you look at the two things and you can compare them side by side as to tactic, you know, like you were saying, tactic and principles match up versus tactic and principles don't match up, right? So, you know, Bob Bradley drawing a lot of... of, of um, inspiration from Pep Guardiola sides and some of the, you know, some of the things he's done with Barcelona and with Bayern Munich and some of the other teams that he's coached, right? The passing triangle, something that you hear a lot about, right? Is it, it's these, you, you basically form a triangle, the triangles throughout the field where you have three guys, you know, you, 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 every, every pass or every guy, a ball handler has now two options to fail to make a pass, right? Right. Yeah. The triangle offense. Right. And you're basically creating these passing triangles with passing and moving as you move down the field. Right. So look at on that first goal. When Mark Anthony K hits that first pass, 
right, to a Carlos Vela, he mm-hmm. only really has that one option, right? Because like you're saying, Beta's charge trying to get into position to, to be ready to be that next option where he can spray it out wide or they go at the middle. Well, because Beta's still trying to move into position, now you have now you've lost that possession, which goes against that where that again where the tactic doesn't meet the principle. Look at the second goal, right, where the buildup is a little bit more deliberate. They take there's there's better they there's more time to how they go about it, right? And then that first ball now I you said it was from Atuesto, right? can go to, you know, is played into Carlos Vela, but because of where Steven Betashore's position, they can only come at it when, come at him with one person, right? Because you have that tra- passing triangle available. So now you have to play, you have to be honest, right? As defenders, you could have to play both of them one-on-one, you know, or if you send two to Carlos Vela, then you have one guy open, right? And again, that's where now the two things meet because now with that space and that width, when you play that ball inside, right, even if you lose it, Beta has time to get back and recover because of the positioning that he he's now taking up, you know, with him in that wide position. Whereas, again, trying to get into that wide position on that first ball because he just hits it early, right, and tries to and tries to force it through again, maybe, it's, and you go back to the psychology and all these different things, they're playing at such a frantic pace trying to do the X, Y, and Z that in that moment, right you 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 don't stick to your principles and you're just playing a tactic of yeah. trying to get a ball to a specific place right as opposed to remembering that the principle still is about dominating the midfield and dominating possession right and you just didn't see that in in that second you know on that first goal versus the second time around you know on the on the on the LAFC goal it was the perfect example of how to do that right and i think that that's where you have to start contrast between how things how things go when LAFC lines up again their their tactic and tactic with their philosophy and with their principles versus when again from their when they're playing from a place of emotion as opposed to playing from a place of actual thinking and reacting yeah right you 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 know you're not going to get that that lining up of tactics and principles right, right. so i i think that's pretty well covered at this point um, one of the other things I wanted to discuss, and I think leads into the next goal. So it's something that the galaxy did from the jump, uh, that I think really helped to off, uh, to kind of put off our midfield as well Was they played very physical tonight, or I always do this where I say tonight, and it's like four days later, they played very, very physical, especially to start the game. Um, the second goal comes off of, uh, Mark Anthony K actually plays a great ball in for Carlos Vela. He tries to bring it down with his left foot, and he's he's behind the entire defense. It's just a little bit too much for him to bring down, and Bingham ends up collecting it. And when he punts the ball away, it's right towards the direct. It's right towards Christian Pavon. So again, they're targeting Beta Shore and Pavon because they they favor that matchup. Beta wins the header and sends it back into the midfield. And when Blessing goes up for the header. Uh, for that second ball, Jonah Dos Santos comes in and just shoulders him right off of it. Again, blessing in the air is always gonna, he's going to lose those matchups almost every time because he's so small. Um, and then the ball ends up landing at the feet of Fabio Alvarez, and he then chips in this ball for Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who is wide open. I mean, wide open. Why he? Isn't man more also offside? He, well, he was an offside position. Yeah, I think they were running an offside trap, which is uh, quite the gamble. Uh, and then, no, well, but the problem is, is you know, if you're going to run the offside trap, then you can't play the ball. Yeah, Zimmerman, right? but then Zimmerman, Zimmerman has to for, keep his head down for, for whatever for whatever reason, right? He plays it correctly. Zlatan is offside when the ball is played, but then because of the because he takes that deflection when he yeah. tries because he is trying to play the ball there for some strange reason right now negates the offside and then he's through on goal. It's a little bit like the Jordan Harvey deflection, Jeremy Obobese goal again, again right. in the open. Right. Cup. Very similar. Um, so you have Latif getting, you know, out physical on a 50, 50 and then a lack of physicality, I believe from Tyler Miller. Um, Zlatan has plenty of time to bring this ball down and Miller, uh, I'll tweet out the freeze frame of it. Uh, gets caught in no man's land in front of him and decides to try and make a tackle with his feet 
when I think what he should be doing is diving on that ball and leaving just a little something on there for Zlatan to remember. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not asking Tyler to dive at his knee or, you know, break Zlatan. Uh, we always want to be uh, sporting about the way we do this, but the goalkeeper is in his own right. If that ball's in his box to go find it and dive on it. Um, and I think that's gotta be the play. Miller has got to be more physical here and come in and, and scoop up that ball. Um, so, yeah, and I think you even risk taking the PK, similar to what Bingham, you know, David Bingham, you know, for, you know, you know, I'll give him credit where credit's due, right? You know, even though he he gave up a penalty to Vela in that game, I mean, he he at least made a better effort at stopping the play, you know, stopping a play on ball or a play on goal versus what Tyler Miller did trying to topo get away from a guy, you know, who he has no chance of dispossessing no, in that moment. Yeah, I mean. There's probably, I mean, there's not very many defenders in the league, goalkeeper or otherwise, that are going to win, you know, a, a, a one-on-one challenge with Zlatan, uh, especially if you're not using your hands. So Unless your name is Eddie Segura, who did yes, it several Eddie times Segura in the did, second half. I mean, man, once once he was on him, it, it, he cleaned up a lot of mistakes. Um, we can get into that a little bit later, too. But for me, that's a that's a good display of the lack of physicality. And then the third goal from Galaxy, uh, which is Christian Pavon's goal. Let me let me find it here in my notes. Um, uh, so this is this is Kate. So this is like the one time we talked a little bit about it on Sunday night after the match, about how the midfield needed to be content with just taking space when the Galaxy were sitting back and giving it to them. So like just stay on the ball and dribble into the open space. Uh, this is another one that I can tweet out a picture of, but there's four defenders and then four galaxy midfielders, basically in that little, you know, the, the little 10 meter circle on the edge of the 18 around the penalty spot. There's four midfielders right there. And Mark Anthony K drives straight into the middle of them. Uh, I, I guess thinking, you know, I'm going to be the hero here. I'm going to, I'm going to skip through everybody and put a shot on go. I don't, I honestly don't know what he's thinking. Uh, back to the sports psychology thing there. He's dispossessed. Uh, Eddie Atuesta comes up and tries to scoop up the 50-50, but Fabio Alvarez is there to win that ball. He turns, and Pavone is behind Betashore, who is again caught way upfield with Pavone just waiting to to make a run. Uh, and at that point, Alvarez plays him back, or plays uh, plays Pavone through. And it's just him on Walker Zimmerman who's just scrambling to recover. And uh, anybody that's had to recover on defense like that knows that you're not in a good defensive position and you're going to get beat. Um, And that's the third goal, which is just, you know, a sloppy giveaway from somebody just trying to force it again. Um, Speaking of four. Yeah, but I mean, it's that same thing, right? Where the, the, the principle of what you're trying to do in that moment does not match up with what the tactical approach, you know, right. att- approach is there, yeah. right? He, like driving through, you know, trying to pick up the ball and drive through, you know, four or five guys is, I'm guarantee is not at all within Bob's, you know, um, playbook, you know, style of play or whatever, you know, or whatever they go over in, in, in training. Um, again, that's, I, I highly doubt, you know, that that's a thing within what, what, within the principles of how LAFC likes to play. Right. Right. What you usually see outside is if they have five guys, you know, if you have that block of people, you play that ball out wide to beta, who's actually in position pushing up high. And then they do something with right. it. Right. right. As opposed to trying to charge through the middle with, you know, with your, you know, with your fullbacks out wide and out of place. And then now you're giving up that, that counter. Yeah. Right. So again, there, there's a little bit of disconnect, I think with, the midfield understanding when they need to be a platform for the offense and then when understanding when they need to get involved with the offense, right? And they kind of, sometimes they go through these weird modes where they just try and do both at the same time. And in a game like this, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Like there there are going to be times where you have to just sit back, sit deeper, and then just be content with being the recyclers that are just feeding the ball into the fullbacks and, and the forwards and letting them do the yeah. thing, you know, or or realizing, okay, if the, if the, if the fullbacks are more withdrawn, now this is my opportunity to play a ball to one of the three inside forwards and then right. make the run, right? And be that fourth guy. 
But when that happens, usually the two other midfielders are going to sit. What you saw in this, you know, at times in this game was all three of the midfielders crashing forward with both fullbacks pushed up yeah. high. It just, again, like you're saying, tactic and and um, principle did yeah. not mesh in a and lot of those moments. Granted, this is going to work the majority of the time in MLS, as, as I said earlier. Uh, but there's a handful of teams against whom you can't play like this. One of them is the Galaxy, obviously. I would say the second one would be Atlanta United, um, who are just going to be too dangerous on the break with Joseph Martinez. If he gets behind your lines, it's over. Well, and we got um, lucky in that game against them that they fluffed a couple of opportunities, right? Yes, yes. And then I would say the other one is going to be Portland, who don't seem to have it together right now, but this is how they knocked us out of the Open Cup. Uh, clog the midfield and play it behind the defense so you can run onto it. Uh, it's how San Jose had a semi-decent game against us in the Open Cup as well. They figured out that Jackson Ewell can play through balls behind Jordan Harvey and they can have somebody run onto him. Um, so we are susceptible to this because of the way we play, but that doesn't mean we have to play this way exactly. Um, we've probably bored everybody to tears with our principles versus tactics thing from here. Uh, so let me get into a few numbers that I wanted to give you, Josh. Uh, here are the forced passes that I counted in like the first 20 minutes from our midfield. Atuesta with five, K with four, one of those directly leading to the first goal, and Blessing with two. I was kind of shocked Blessing, I only counted the two from Blessing, but uh, that's what it was. And then the other thing that made me feel better is during this, you know, from the time that we kicked off until the time that Galaxy scored their third goal, we actually had six quality chances in the box. You know, whether it's a dangerous cross or an actual shot on goal, six different chances, and we did score one of them. So again, even though it seems like we were just getting completely ripped apart, uh, Galaxy are finishing their their three chances, and we are not. Um, and we talked about soccer gods and all that stuff on the on the last podcast. Uh, but the, I. I I came away feeling much better because of the way that we had create still created chances, even in that chaos. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it, you know, again, we don't, I'm not a huge fan of like the, you know, the moral victory thing. Like I think we had mentioned it earlier, but at the same time, I honestly think this was the moment where the midfield grew up, right? We forget that they still tend to play immature and they do a lot of immature things and, and, don't have the greatest awareness of times of this moment or the situation, you know, like, I don't know how many times we've talked about, you know, Latif, you know, trying to do a little bit too much in certain moments, you know, much to our, our frustration, but at the same time, right. I think he was the first one to grow up out of all three of them because he was the only one who seemed to just fi- kind of figure things out in earlier on. And then you saw K and Atuesta eventually settle in, you know, mm-hmm. sometime towards the, in sometime in the second half. Um, and so I think the one thing to take, to look at is again, the midfield just kind of finally, I think they finally had that aha moment of, Oh, this is how, this is how we balance these things. We balance these things out, you know, and I'm sure Bob had something to say about it when they went into the locker room, because it just looked much different, you know, for this in the second half, um, in terms of how they were able to kind of settle things down and just do some of those things. But again, I think it is a little bit of, um, maturation process that they that they absolutely had to go through to long term be successful, you know, in in the knockout once knockout play starts in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. Um so I mean now you brought up the half. Let's so before the half, uh Latif gets another goal. Uh comes off of a ball played into Carlos Vela who turns and shoots and it, again it's a very compact uh midfield right in front of the goal and it takes a deflection and falls to the feet of um Latif Blessing who does his best Carlos Vela impression and sidesteps Bingham and then slots it in uh very coolly there and I think I think that was a a big boost instead of going in to half down two goals now you're just you know you have the momentum and you've been peppering them with shots for the past you know 25 at least 15 minutes and, you know, you kind of feel like you have at least the attack figured out. And to his credit, I think Bob did make some changes when they came out at the half. 
You do see a lot more Veri Segura on Zlatan, which a few weeks ago was a recipe for disaster. But you also see, and this is something you had mentioned before uh, we started recording here, you see Mark Anthony Kay especially sitting back and, and helping to bracket Zlatan on these long balls that are played into him um, to help double team him and win these headers. Uh, and I do feel like you see the level of intensity pick up from our midfield as well, where you're seeing Atuesta leave a little something extra on some of his tackles in the midfield. Um, and even Zimmerman's getting more and more physical with, with Zlatan. At, at one point, uh, Harvey is on Zlatan, and there's a, there's a chance for a header. And you see Harvey kind of swing back with an elbow. I got to find out what minute this was. And Zlatan, from then on, chirps at him uh throughout the game i don't know if you noticed this one or not no i didn't see that but i'm i'm, I'm all about yeah. it oh you know what? it's in the 36 minutes so it's not even a halftime uh zlatan goes up the left wing i think it's on a throw-in and he's standing right behind harvey and when they both go for the header harvey kind of throws something you know a little elbow back towards him doesn't hit him and you see Zlatan still on camera starting to yell at him. And then at the very end of the half, Zlatan, after being dispossessed, I think by Segura, turns to Harvey, who's, you know, kind of at like our penalty spot and starts yelling at him again. And Harvey's yelling back. So I think at that, I, I think that's one of the ways that you can take apart the galaxy is to get in Zlatan's head like this. He doesn't like to be played physically uh, as most strikers don't. Um, and again, it's not that you need to come in and end his career or, or try and aim for his knees, but you do need to leave a little something on the tackles. Uh, and you do need to, you know, make sure that he doesn't just have a free chance to jump up and head balls away and flick them on to, to the runners. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the NBA equivalent of the hard foul with the first time someone comes into the lane. Right. right? You just have to let them know that any t- every time you come back in here, this is what you're going to get. Yeah. Right? And... You know, whatever the soccer equivalent of, of that is, that's probably what you you need to do a little bit of. You know, again, call it gamesmanship, call it, you know, get, just playing physically, whatever. You know, someone needs to call Diego Chara, you know, call, from, from you know, Atuesta, call, from Colombian to Colombian, right? Just give him a call and say, hey, uh, you know, I need a little bit of that sauce to figure out how to, how to you know, I to to dig into the dark arts if you will yeah. you know i think that that's the 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 old school soccer head term um you know and again again it doesn't it's not you're not high booting someone you're not doing any any of those types of things you know but it, you just have to let them know that you're going to be there yeah yeah uh so is there anything else you noticed immediately after the half that they that they had changed that helped kind of keep the game in front of them no, I mean, I think I think you I think there's a distinct understanding of how how the Galaxy are playing from now. I mean, have been playing. I don't know why they didn't do that. They didn't realize this a week ago because I don't think they've changed their style at all, right? Because it used to be flick on to Antuna, and then Antuna sends a terrible cross to Zlatan. Yeah. Right now it's flick on to, you know, long ball to Zlatan, flick on to Pavone, who can do a lot more damage, right? But Essentially, it, it you know the tactic hasn't changed that much from you know from from um, the galaxy. So at that point, you know, like I said, you, when you realize that, then you saw, like I said, Beta a little bit more withdrawn, um, K sitting deeper, right? You know, or when when Beta is pushed up, then you again one of the two midfielders is sitting is sitting in between, you know, and again, and that just starts to cause more more congestion than for the way that they like to play because it seemed like any time that they wanted that ball that was going to be that that headed ball out wider to to one of the wings you know he, it was a bracket and then one of the one of the midfielders or one of the defenders was there to clean it up immediately yeah you know yeah i mean there's a couple of times where uh you know the brackets aren't working i think sebastian Lejet gets away from three different defenders who have him completely surrounded as he's able to skip through and uh move on and i think if i'm remembering correctly that's one of eddie segura's great tackles on on zlatan it might even be when he pokes the ball away and then Latif pulls out, pull, it grabs the ball and pulls away from him, which for me was the moment where the match was over. As soon as Latif took the ball off of Zlatan and you see Zlatan lunge after Latif, but he's already gone. At that moment, the match was over for me because 
you knew that Zlatan wasn't like he's you could see how how visibly frustrated he was to lose that ball to Latif. Um, so again, you, you can get in his head. I know that, you know, everybody thinks that he's like the, his mind is like the steel trap that is impenetrable and nobody can beat him. Uh, but that's not the case. The man, they get beat, the galaxy get beat all the time. Uh, and Zlatan picks up silly yellow cards all the time because you can get in his head. Uh, yeah. There's no better I mean, example again, than, look than at... Alan Chapman as <laughs> somebody who can get in his head. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that man is a close talker, yeah. right? I, I mean, I feel for Zlatan in that moment because he, when he, when he's doling out his cards or talking to the players, he is right up in their grill. So I, again, I don't know how I would feel about that either, yeah. but um, you know, beside that, you know, I think that's one of those things, again, when you look at, you look at the teams that, that, you know, that the galaxy have struggled against it, it's, it's Florian or yeah, Flor- Youngworth from uh, from San Jose, mm-hmm. who just chases Zlatan all over the field, yeah. right? And you know Zlatan not being nearly as mobile as Carlos Vela is not going to have the same type of game against Youngworth, right? That that uh, that Carlos Vela did, and then the other one is um, you know is whatever you know is Diego Chara and with the rest of the Portland Timbers, you know again just just being physical and beat you up in the middle of the, and. Again, sitting deep, right? You can't really. It's hard to counter counter a team that also wants to counter, right? And you basically you're just you know kicking the ball back and forth between the between the um, the keepers in that match, you know. But again, it's it's one of those things where again, I think you as much as you want to stick to your principles, your tactic sometimes you know your tactic sometimes can go after another team's weakness, and one of them would maybe. You know, is again maybe to in that four three three sit a little bit deeper and then spring your counter from the from the mid block as opposed to playing th- that super high up the pitch one hundred percent of the time. Right, right. And I mean, I think you do see some of this from Bob in the second half. You definitely see a lot more of Zimmerman and Segura staying back to help bracket Zlatan. And then you know, as soon as the ball is played in the air, a midfielder's tracking back to to provide the double team, depending on which side of the formation he's played it to. Um, it, I mean, just that alone helps because Latan's a, he's a handful, you know, he's, he's too much for one MLS center back to handle. Um, if you're, if you're looking for some great video of Eddie Segura owning Zlatan, uh, go check out, Vince LaRosa's Twitter feed because he I feel like he tweeted out five or six different videos of it um, you'll feel better about our our back line after that uh, Josh anything else in specific that you saw during the match that you want to get into before moving into some questions I think the questions can kind of steer the conversation as well so yeah no I think honestly um, we should probably just get into things get into the questions and see um, you know because I think there's probably some of some of the some of the things that we want to talk about will come through and as we answer some of the questions that were asked. Right, right. I've been trying to stave off some of my talking points because uh, we do have some questions that deal with them. So let me get to this little Twitter thread here. Um, and I'll just go in order um, of how we receive them. So uh, this t- difficult name again, Henry Plantagenet at June Ray 2014. I would be interested in your thoughts as to how LAFC will set up their forward line in Vela's absence. Obviously, Rodriguez will be the replacement, but what sort of role do you think he'll play as a starter? And Josh, I see you you actually responded to him on Twitter, so do you want to go ahead and take it away on that one first? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at if you look at the way that Rodriguez played even in this game and and some of the things that he seemed to do best when he's been playing with the um you the Uruguay uh, U twenty team or U twenty three, U twenty that he was with U20, in the U20. yeah U twenty at the U twenty World Cup, um he's he's a classic just provider of the ball. The guy just knows how to deal. Um he can he does great things with the ball, which we saw you know gl- flashes of in in when he was able to come in. I think what you're probably gonna see is him start on that left hand side. Um, with the ball at his feet, cut underneath Rossi and um, and Dio, and then look to play them in. Um, more, again, of that Isco, Real Madrid provider type when he would come in and play. I believe he would do it from the right-hand side because I think he's left-footed. 
Um, and so maybe they, they have him do it from that side. Um, but again, since he featured on on the left in this one, I would I would assume that you're probably going to see something similar where you'll see him cut underneath the two forward, you know, from in the 4-3-3 playing off the left, cut underneath the two forwards and then play them through. Um, and again, I think that's probably what, what his role will be for now until it becomes a little bit more expansive or when Vela returns and then you start to see Vela and maybe in that false nine role um, with the two with the two um, with the two wingers around him and then Dio coming in at the 60th or so minute um, depending on the situation. Yeah, I uh, I do I do agree. I think he'll probably start on the left wing and I, I think he's going to continue to have a bit of a free role just like the other attackers really have. Um, and I really do like him as a playmaker. Uh, he he seemed to cut in a little bit earlier than than Vela and Rossi typically do, um, trying to get central and, and then make plays from there. He received a couple passes, you know, sitting right in front of the center backs as well and was able to shake them and put a couple shots on goal. Honestly, I think my favorite moment of Brian Rodriguez in this match was his was his very first play on the ball. He comes in, receives a long diagonal, I think from Rossi, very soft first touch to kill it right at his feet, then spins Rolf Felcher around, drives to the line, and then sits him down, uh, and then plays in a cross with his left foot that nearly takes Rossi's head off. Uh, I, I really don't think Rossi was expecting a cross that well-placed and that hard. Otherwise, that you know, he could have easily sent that to the back post for our fourth goal there. Um, so, I mean, he's been on the field at that point for maybe 60, 90 seconds, and already I'm thinking to myself, oh, kid's got it. We're good. Like, this is not an Andre Horta situation because this kid seems legit. Uh, was there anything else you saw from Rodriguez that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, obviously I think he's – he still needs time to vet into the system because he'd had a couple of errant shots that he took in, in certain moments. But at the same time, I don't fault him for wanting to make an impact, you know, in a, in a big game and coming in for, you know, the presumptive MVP. You know, again, it. I think it's one of those things where I think he's a, a different player than Rossi, right, who is more an out and out. I think he's more of an out. Rossi's more of an out and out scorer where he is going to play a provider. I think the the biggest beneficiary from 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 Rodriguez is going to be Dio, right? And I think you're going to see in these in these next few games, Dio probably go on a scoring run, much like we like we saw, um, you know, when he first got to the league. Because again, Dio shown the ability to be a good finisher, but hasn't really gotten the service this year that he had he had previously, and especially when Villa was at the World Cup. So again, maybe this is his chance to kind of heat up at the right time and then kind of go mm-hmm. from there. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, as long as Dio isn't the one making way for Rodriguez to come on, I think you're right because the service that Dio's going to get is going to be far superior. Even though, I mean, Dio saw a great ball from Vela. It came in a bit hot and he wasn't able to control it in the first half. Uh, he did miss a bit of a back post sitter from Zimmerman as well off of a corner kick after Rodriguez had come in. Um, he tries He tries to flick it on the on the far post with his knee probably should have just sent it right back on frame but i'm not a world-class striker either so i can't really complain too much um i have a few notes about rodriguez here but i think that pretty much sums sums it up i i was very excited to see him and i think he uh i think he is gonna be great for us for the next couple years yeah he definitely didn't didn't Um, disappoint no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, a game winner would have been fantastic, but what are you going to do? Tycho B&G at Tycho Blue. Minnesota attacks down the right side about 42% of the time. Should we rest beta for Blackman? Uh, that's a very specific number. Also, do you expect a front three of Rossi, Dio, and Raito, Or maybe try a Rossi, Dio blessing with win in the midfield? Brian on the bench. I say start Raito. And then he asks us if we like Chicharrones or not. Um, uh, chicharrones are, you know, they're fine, I, I guess. <laughs> I'm not, it's not the first thing I'm going to be grabbing for, but, um, there's a time and a place. Josh, do you have anything on chicharrones first? I mean, there's a time and a place for the chicharrones, okay. right? But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's what with, with how Minnesota plays, right? 
attacking primarily down that side. I think you probably see, you know, and I think with the way that they're probably going to play with, with Rossi on that right-hand side playing wider and then making cutting in off of, you know, cutting in, making that diagonal run um, with uh, Rodriguez on the left-hand side playing underneath. I think what you'll probably see is, be you know beta if beta plays is going to be more reserved um i i'm not i'm not sure you want another overlapping fullback to to start hitting in tons of crosses in that situation again it it kind of just depends minnesota is a counter you know is another team that likes to counterattack especially when darwin quintero is playing and so i think i think it it really just depends on on how they set up the front three and then how they try to balance out the field um you know, with, with the tactic. And so, yeah, again, it's, it's, again, we're trying to, we're going to come back to that, that principles versus tactic things. And does it make sense to have that overlap on that side? If you're going to have that, have him cut in from, from that edge, you know, some, you know, potentially, right. So maybe the stability comes from Harvey on that left-hand side where he sits a little bit deeper and then you have to have that fullback play, you know, be that provider on that right-hand side. So again, it, it, it's a potential, um, you know, again, Minnesota is going to sit a little bit deeper. They may be in rotation because they just played a ton of people in the open cup game tonight. you know, so their back line, I know Ozzy Alonso is a little bit beat up as well. So again, we may, we may see, see some rotation on our part. They probably, you know, I, I honestly think I, I want to see a little bit more black men in for, in for Zimmerman, but again, that's a probably a different conversation to be had. Yeah. Uh, for me, I don't think we're going to rotate much at all, especially with Vela coming out. I think, I think you'll see Rodriguez get the start, and honestly, the the most likely rotation for me is I think you see Cisniega back in the starting lineup. Um, my assumption is that Bob is going to continue playing what he plays, and he's going to continue on the same kind of course where you know we're not going to rotate. That's just the way it is. Um, and I, I, would I like to see Blackman for, for Zimmerman again? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I think it's a little harsh to, to be pulling Zimmerman at this point. Um, but then again, I mean, maybe, maybe Zimmerman's going to get a call up. So you have, you have Blackman coming in to cover for him anyway. Uh, I think your front three, I mean, that basically says everything about the front three. I think you're going to see the same front three except for Brian Rodriguez and uh, Wynn coming off the bench likely. Anything else no, on that one? I think that's about it. All right. Uh, again, Tyco BNG. For the Carson game, how good was the LAFC pressure? Was it Carson dropping numbers back, unable to cope with our midfield? It looked like the Galaxy played, uh, the, mid- played the midweek game and LAFC rested most of their starters. I know both teams were gassed in the end, but that was impressive. Uh, so, I mean, basically asking... What was the turnaround? Was the turnaround because of our pressure? Was it Carson just dropping back and not really knowing what to do after we figured it out? What do you say? I think, and again, I think we talked earlier about how the midfield matured into this game. And when that midfield three is playing their game, they're incredibly difficult to, to keep up with, right? And, you know, and you saw, I think, towards, you know, when Jonathan Dos Santos just basically just go down because he couldn't handle the amount of running and movement that he, you know, that was going to be required. And that's like enough. And I think he ended up pulling a hamstring, I think, or something like that, because he ended up coming out of the game um, mm-hmm. at that point. And so I think a big part of it is, again, them, I'm not sure they really settled that much because, again, I think at that point, it wasn't until probably the last 10 to 15 minutes that I think they really decided to just play for the draw. Um, you know, because at that point, I think they're still, they're still, trying to play out and do different things, but the midfield three was just that dominant, you know, basically from what the last 10 minutes of the first half. And then the whole, you know, the, all the majority, you know, the whole second half. And so, you know, I think, yeah, part of it is a little bit of fatigue on their part, but again, I think you saw, you've seen this before when LAFC is really clicking with their press and with their midfield is that they just wear teams down, right? Like at a certain point, Latif just starts, will just start to annoy you. Right, and you just have to, you know, you just, you know, like I'm over it, right? And so, because he's just nipping at your heels all the time, mm-hmm. and so I think a big part of it is that, you know, I think 
that midfield eventually just wore them down to the point where they 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 just decided to play for the draw at that point. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I I really don't think it was a matter of them dropping back all that much and, and just defending. I mean, they were playing rather compact to start with, uh, and I, I think I I think I agree. We just started playing a little bit smarter. Um, one of the things that you saw was. Vela and Rossi coming in, coming back just a little bit deeper, a little bit wider to pick up these balls. So they're not trying to, you know, feed them in so close to the fullbacks. And so some of those passes are coming off a little bit more successfully. Uh, and then I think we're also more content to recycle possession and draw them out a little bit more to be able to play through the lines. I think we talked about that a little bit earlier as well. Yeah, I mean, I think with Vela playing out, Vela and Rossi playing out wider, right? The the fullbacks are able to stay. You know, basically you're almost in like a three two two or three like you have one of the midfielders you know whether it be k artuesa was was dropping in between the center backs to pick up the ball you had you know harvey and beta they were able to stay wider you know but still pretty compact i mean they're uh, uh, they're not pushed up super high but they're still above obviously um the center backs but more compact than they had been earlier and then you know again i think it was just just really an an opportunity and really a push to dominate the midfield and dominate possession. And, you know, then, and having Vela and Rossi drop down to assist with that. And then Dio at times too, when Vela was playing up top after he tweaked his hammy. So, you know, I think that's probably more getting back to the actual principle, um, you know, their actual principles of how they like to play and, and, and dominating possession and dominating, um, you know, the space in the midfield and, you know, which they didn't always do in the first half. Right, right. All right, next one, Valeria at Finding Nebula, uh, who has a profile picture with Chuck Liddell in black and gold. What's the probability of Vela sitting out the entire game on Sunday? And at Savage86 says, very probable, and I have to agree. I don't see any reason to play him uh, other than he's chasing a couple more records. Uh, but... At this point, you really just have to double down on his recovery and make sure that he's available for the cup run. Josh? Yeah, so with a grade one hamstring strain, right, that what's actually happening is that there's, you know, micro tears in the, you know, micro tears and overstretching of the muscle tissue in itself. And so when you get to grade two, that's when you actually have partial tearing and then grade three would be the full tear. And so with from all the reports that I've seen, whether that be from Vince and then I think AS, which is a Spanish newspaper for some reason, is also reporting on LAFC and um and Carlos Vela, they had released a report saying that obviously you know, speculating that he could be available for this weekend. The my thing is that if he's going to play, it's gonna be extremely the minutes will be extremely managed, you know, coming on for 15 10 15 minutes at most but again there's no real need there there is no reason to right unless it it really was that minor the mri will, will reveal that again and we'll never see that ever because injury reports in the major league soccer you know even even when you're when we're requesting it from a you know like when i'm doing stuff for angels on parade it is like trying to steal you know trade secrets from ford knox yeah. You know, you're just not going to get any kind of information out from the clubs, you know, mostly for, for gamesmanship purposes. And so I think some of those reports have been put out are mainly just to keep Minnesota on their toes. Um, because, again, there's no real reason. Two weeks is about all he really needs to recover. So, again, not playing him through this week, you know, really sets him up to return, you know, probably for about a 60-minute spell in, in not again, not this game, but the following game, I think it's against Orlando. Yeah. Um, you know, he should play up about 60 in that one and then be able to return to full 90 immediately after All right, that. There you go. Uh, next one comes from Jeffrey Bamaka at Jeff Bamaka on the game against Carson. I don't think there's anything wrong with tweaking your tactics a bit. When Guardiola and Klopp were going at it in the Bundesliga, Pep couldn't beat him and Pep is not known for changing his tactics. But for one game, he made changes and he finally beat Klopp. That may be something we have to do. Uh, Again, I think I think we've kind of addressed this um, a little bit about you know principles versus tactics and whether or not you can or should change them against somebody like the Galaxy. I think it's clear that we both want to see some tactical changes, and that probably involves uh, pushing the fullbacks 
back and a little bit more wide and sitting Atuesta and K a little bit deeper to help deal with the pressure from Pavon and, and Ibra. Are we missing anything on this reply, Josh? No, I mean, again, I think it's just striking the balance between possession, you know, dominating possession and then dominating the space, right? Because again, when I think what we start to see is like a huge discrepancy when you're of dominating space, um, when you're seeing everyone pushed forward and then again, you know, you have the fullbacks up high and you have the midfield crashing the box, right? Again, that that's dominating space almost to an extreme, but to the point where you lose the balance of, of you know, being able to maintain possession. I think that's where, and then that's where you see, you know, those, those quick turnovers and then leading to those counterattacking yeah. opportunities, right? When, when Guardiola went to beat Klopp, you know, finally was able to beat Klopp. A lot of it was, you know, letting the fullback, you know, playing i think he stuck his uh javi martinez in between the center in in between the center backs you know the the fullbacks basically played at midfield and then the front you know so you're allowing the midfield to be a platform for you know for the front three and when you have a front three as dynamic as ours we have that opportunity to be there there again they just have to know when to do it you know and and striking that balance is again part of the principal portion of what we do Right again, you tweak the tactics occasionally based on the certain situation, right? But again, the, the principle essentially right. should stay the same, and so yeah, you should see a little bit of of the tweak there. You know, saying a little one one of the midfielders staying back a little bit more to get to provide that balance, you know, any or just knowing when when it's appropriate throughout the time, you know, when it when it's yeah. appropriate at a certain time of the game, and I think that's something that they've lacked is that situational awareness as to when yeah. to push and when to sit. I think for me, the big question is. How do you both defend and then get around their midfield? If you can defend against their attack and also get around their midfield effectively, you're going to torch their back line because their back line is atrocious. They are, you know, I think they're in third or fourth place right now, but they have like a negative three or four goal differential uh, because their back line is so bad. Uh, You know, they'll squeak out, you know, a one nil win or something like that, but then they'll they'll lose four to one, just never to us seemingly and frustratingly. Um, so for me, that's, that's the the puzzle to solve is what do you do with the fullbacks? And, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's really, you just have K park it in between the center backs uh, because he's the, the taller of the two, you know, deeper lying midfielders and have him just help man Mark his lots on out of the game. And then, you know, Zimmerman can pop out and, and, defend against Pavone a little bit easier with beta tracking back to, to defend him as well. So I think we both agree, Jeff, that you do need to do something tactically to counter against this uh, and then to get at their back line. Yeah, but I think at the same time, it, it's not going to come at the cost of, of changing your principles of how you like to play, right? We're not going to see five at the back. We're not going to see, you know, them park the bus and counter. Long balls over yeah, the top. It, You're never going to yeah. see that from a Bob Bradley team. I think what you see is little tweaks to, again, just provide more stability for what you already want to do and what you do really well. Exactly. If for some reason you missed our little explainer on tactics versus principles, go back to the beginning of this podcast and 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 re-listen because like Josh is talking about, those are not our principles of play. Uh, to, you know, play long balls over the top to a target striker or, you know, play five at the back. That's just not the way we're going to do it. All right. 55 Sullivan at 55 Sullivan Place. Perhaps a mention of Atuesta being called into the Olympic team and how that might affect the squad for the the Orlando match. Uh, this is pretty cool. I, I don't think we see too many uh, MLS players get called into South American teams, especially one like Colombia, uh, spelled with an O, by the way, not a U. Um, what do you think about this, Josh? Yeah, I mean, from an LAFC perspective, I think you'll just see you know, case uh, slot in as a deep as, as the holding midfielder, and then you'll have you know blessing and uh, win ahead of him, right? So it's pretty yeah. simple change, nothing that they haven't seen before, you know, because I think Atos has already missed a couple of games for various reasons, whether it was rest or suspension in the mm-hmm. past, and they've you know they've largely been you know okay with it, with the exception of the 
the I believe it was like the bank, you know, the Vancouver game, which the you know it was more the backline rotation that was a problem, you know, and so on and so forth. And so midfield rotation with those three guys is probably going to be fine. You know, obviously it's a little bit of a, you know, I think actually the defense is actually better when when K is the deepest line, you know, is the holding midfielder because he's just so towering and so physical, and yeah. so you know it takes away from his little bit of his passing, but he almost plays. In that, you know, Chavi Alonso, you know, he can distribute, but at the same time, again, is defensively stout back there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, from that perspective, you know, I think they'll be fine in that sense because I think that's a, it's a quick and easy fix. Um, from, it's a huge move and a huge honor, I think, for Atuesta at this point because, again, I think that's the one thing that he'd been really wanting is a call up from the national team. And, you know, again, given how deep you know, the South American teams are at midfield, right? Which is both, you know, it's good for LAFC in the sense that you're probably not going to see him move as early as you would like a Diego Rossi or one of those guys again, because there's a lot of good central midfielders in, you know, in in the world period. Right. Right. And so what, what his ceiling is again, remains to be seen, you know, you've seen black, you know, flashes and he looks good at times, but is he able to do it at another level? We're not sure yet. And if if anything, it'll give him a chance to showcase it on a world stage. And so, again, you have to be happy for him, happy to see, you know, to continue to see the club be able to provide these opportunities. And it only bodes well down the road, at least from a transfer perspective, and what you can offer players um, when you're trying to get them to come over. Right. I mean, if it's if LAFC is a pathway to the Colombian national team, then we are in a great spot when it comes to recruiting more young Colombian talent, which has paid off really well for us so far. Um, look at some of the other clubs on the list. They include the likes of Atletico Madrid. So uh, we're in kind of rarefied air there. Um, and I, I do think you're right that, you know, we probably just have Wynn come in and, and slot. And I know, I know everybody's always looking for like the next big, uh, lineup change or you know lineup rotation or something like that looking for something super creative most likely thing is just that win comes in off the bench uh and starts that game and you know when eddie comes back he takes his spot back all right i know we have one listener out there who's always talking about win on the wing i think it's at foot underscore football uh really wants to see win on the on the right wing um so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to reply to one of these threads if you want us to get into that more. Uh, so maybe on the next match uh, match review, hit us up again. All right, and the last one comes from LAFC. You already know at LAFC YAK, uh, and he just requests that we mention Mohamed El Munir and Brian Rodriguez. I think we we've kind of talked quite a bit about Brian Rodriguez. You know what he did in this match, what he might do in the next. Uh, we haven't got into Mohamed Al Munir yet. Do you have anything uh, that you have, let me ask you this? What kind of role do you see going forward for Al Munir? I mean, obviously, I think as you as we head down the final stretch, you're probably going to need to give Beta and Harvey some kind of rest, you know. And I think while you know, and I think that was I think that's been the plan kind of all along. Um, and again, maybe that's Palacios. Again, it's hard to really kind of figure out because I think long-term Palacios is probably going to be that guy right for this year and but you know, we don't know what the status what Harvey's status will be in you know heading into next season right is he you know because again you do have the things like the you know he's what 35 right and then but you also have the expansion draft coming up and some of these different things that are going to be occurring in the in this next year so you know again I think I think the the long-term plan is likely for you know for Palacios to be the you know the the next starter after Harvey and so again with Munir there's while he had been playing well I think there's still a few holes to his game that they can need to continue to work on you know again he had been playing better and starting to show some of those dif- those different things off and again provides quite a bit from an offense per- offensive perspective and the defensive portion was still just trying to come along but again long term and even for this season I think you know Harvey's probably going to be your guy you know, again, for, for the, for the time being. And so you'll probably see him give, be able to spell Harvey, you know, as just to, you know, to prepare for the playoffs. But outside of that, I'm not sure 
there's a definitive plan for him for the time being. Yeah, I mean, you know, until Palacios is up to speed, he's our second choice left back. Uh, I think we've seen him used as kind of an attacking sub a few times when we're chasing a goal uh, late in the game just because he provides a little bit more offensive prowess than than Harvey does. But I think you are right. Once once Palacios comes in and is up to speed, I think that's probably about it for Munir's starting chances um, because given the contract that he got, he's, he's going to be the number one guy. I think that's about it. Josh, is there anything else you want to get into or? No, you know, obviously, like I said, I think, you know, given, given the circumstances, again, there was with so much emotion and so many things, so much tied into this game. You know, I think it, it was, it was important for us to kind of just take a step back, pull it all apart, really just dig into it. And, and, you know, again, this is if you're looking for a hot take this is probably not going to be it at least for another week or two and then once we get into national team stuff then that's when they're going to be flying left and right but when it comes to LAFC you know I think we we have that we have that reputation and responsibility to be able to you know again take it look at it from an analytical perspective you know and just kind of deconstruct it to kind of make sure that you know we're looking at it from you know maybe a more you know coaching perspective you know from what maybe hopefully the coaching staff is is thinking um again maybe we're completely off could be it's possible but you know i think to a certain degree i think we've started to see you know some of these kind of these things kind of fall in line and what with what we would expect and so yeah you know i think that's that's pretty much where i'm at for today yeah two quick things that i want to get into actually uh magic number is 10 so once we get to 72 points the supporter's shield is ours now as soon as a few teams start losing a little, a couple times, that that's obviously going to change. Uh, Seventy-two, coincidentally, is also the number to set the new record for most points in a season. Uh, we have seven games left, so technically we could reach as high as eighty-three. Not likely to happen, but that's where we are now. And second, and this will be the last thing that I talk about: if you were booing Bob Bradley for bringing off Carlos Vela because he had a, uh, an injured hamstring. Shame on you. Because that man is our key to trophies this year. And we need him healthy. And I know that there's a lot of emotions wrapped up around the galaxy. And like Josh just said, we're going to always do our best to take some of the emotion out of it and give you an analytical perspective and uh, try and dissect what's happening. But... There is no place for that because, that again, he's the talisman. He's the key to everything, really. Uh, so we can't be having you booing Bob Bradley because he's taking off Carlos Vela to prevent to prevent further injury. Uh, the staff has done a great job so far in preventing injury, and uh, you got to trust him at this point because that's where the evidence is that they do a good job with it. So trust the evidence. Anything else, Josh? No, you know, I think you're right on there, you know, from just from, you know, from putting my medical hat on at at a certain point, it is up to the coaching staff and the training staff to protect the player from himself first, but then also just make sure that you're looking at the bigger picture and realizing again, this is a regular season game, you know, and then again, in even more so, you know, in the MLS where regular season is really just devalued to a certain degree, right? It means even less, right? comparatively to, you know, again, if this was, you know, you're playing in the Premier League and, and, and you're you're only a few points up on your rival, yeah, maybe you're you're gonna play hurt and some of those different things. But with with twenty point with a twenty point lead in the in the standings and all these different things, again, it's it's the right call. It's exactly what needed to happen. You know, and again and again with the obviously we understand the emotions and all those different things, but again it was it's what had to be done. Um, you know, and you would hope that you know, that the, the, what the team has done thus far, what the coaching staff has done thus far, what the front office has done thus far, you know, you would, you would hope that it would have earned the trust, you know, to give them the benefit of that in that yeah. situation. So, you know, obviously like I said, it's more the moment I think than anything, but at the end of the day, right. We still have to be able yep. to realize those things. Bob Bradley has earned the benefit of the doubt. Greg Burhalter, different story. We will see what you do with the roster release tomorrow. And with the friendlies coming up, 
and you better get ready because the counter press is coming for you. Greg, if you have anything you want to tell us, you can tweet at us at counterpress underscore. You can email the show the at uh, the counterpress show at gmail.com. You can find me, Greg, at Kirk Kinsey. My DMs are open. And Josh, what about you? Yeah, if you have any questions about how to keep people fit, Coach Berhalter, you know, find me on LAFC Josh on Twitter. And Greg, if you need somebody to talk you out of, you know, playing Tyler Adams out of position, let me know because we will do it. We will give you hours and hours and hours of podcast to yeah. listen to. Or if we need to lock Jazzy Gotsardis in the closet, we can do that as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jossie Zardes, Christian Roldan, Will Trapp, Corey Baird, all your favorites. We'll make them disappear during your roster selection. All right, Josh, we'll talk to you later, and we will talk to the rest of you uh, after the Minnesota game. Good night. Good night.